Quanta Magazine's podcast. Each episode, we bring you stories about developments in science and mathematics. I'm Susan Vallett. Back in 2012, computer vision scientist Antonio Toralba was vacationing on the coast of Spain. He noticed stray shadows on the wall of his hotel room that didn't seem to have been cast by anything. Toralba eventually realized that the discolored patches of wall weren't shadows at all. Rather, they were a faint, upside-down image of the patio outside his window. Basically, the window was acting as a pinhole camera. They're the simplest kind of camera. Light rays pass through a small opening and form an inverted image on the other side. The resulting image was barely perceptible on the light-drenched wall. But it dawned on Taralba that the world is full of visual information, hidden in plain sight. Taralba didn't see a clear upside-down image as he sat in his hotel room, but he made the connection because pinhole cameras had been on his mind. As the pinhole becomes larger and larger, the image that, that gets formed in the wall, it becomes more and more out of focus. So it becomes blurrier and blurrier. So eventually, it looks like a shadow. So it doesn't look like an image anymore. And this is why these images are always hidden to us, but they are all around us all the time. Toralba and his colleague, Bill Freeman, both professors at MIT, started looking at these accidental cameras, as they call them. Windows, corners, and even house plants create subtle images of their surroundings. Freeman says it goes beyond those pinhole cameras that we used to make in middle school by putting a hole in a box. And so our observation was that that thing of an image being projected onto a wall, it actually happens in a lot more ways than we think about. And we described various scenes in your everyday life where what you're looking at really isn't like a shadow, but really is actually an image of what's on the other side of a wall or what's outside of a window. And we explored ways to pull out those images to make them visible. These images are as much as 1,000 times dimmer than everything else. We typically can't see them with the naked eye. Toralba and Freeman discovered just how much visual information is hiding in plain sight. In their first paper, they used an iPhone to film the changing light on the wall of a room. They showed that imagery can be processed to reveal the scene outside the window. In 2017, they and their collaborators reported that they can spot someone moving on the other side of a corner by filming the ground near the corner. Last summer, they demonstrated that they can film a houseplant and then reconstruct a 3D image of the rest of the room from the shadows cast by the plant's leaves. Or they can turn the leaves into a visual microphone, magnifying their vibrations to listen to what's being said. Research on seeing around corners and inferring information that's not directly visible is called non-line-of-sight imaging. In 2012, Toralba and Freeman came out with their accidental camera paper, and a separate group at MIT, led by Ramesh Raskar, released another paper on it. After that, in 2016, the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency, or DARPA, launched its $27 million REVEAL program. That stands for Revolutionary Enhancement of Visibility by Exploiting Active Light Fields. It provided funding to a number of labs around the country. 
Since then, new insights and mathematical tricks have been making non-line-of-sight imaging even more powerful and practical. Along with obvious military and spying applications, researchers rattle off all sorts of possible uses. Self-driving cars, robotic vision, medical imaging, astronomy, space exploration, even search and rescue missions. Toralba says he and Freeman didn't have any particular application in mind when they started down this road. They were simply digging into the basics of how images form and what constitutes a camera. That naturally led to a fuller investigation of how light behaves and how it interacts with objects and surfaces in our environment. They began seeing things that no one had thought to look for. Taralba says they looked at the findings of psychological studies. We know that humans are really terrible at interpreting shadows. And maybe one of the reasons is because many of the things that we see are not really shadows. And eventually I gave up on trying to make sense of them. Light rays carrying images of the world outside our field of view constantly strike walls and other surfaces and reflect into our eyes. But why are these visual residues so weak? Turns out there are too many of these light rays traveling in too many different directions. They wash each other out. Forming an image requires really restricting the light rays that fall on a surface. That allows one particular set of them to be seen. This is what a pinhole camera does. Toralba and Freeman's initial insight in 2012 was that there are many objects and features of our environment that naturally restrict light rays. This forms faint images that are strong enough for computers to detect. Think back to grade school when we might have made pinhole cameras as an experiment in class. The smaller the aperture, or hole, of a pinhole camera, the sharper the resulting image. Each point on the object in the camera's view will emit only a single light ray with the correct angle to make it through the hole. Toralba's hotel room window was too big to produce a sharp image, and he and Freeman knew that in general, useful accidental pinhole cameras are rare. But they realized that anti-pinhole, or pin-spec cameras, made of any small light-blocking object, form images all over the place. Freeman says, imagine you're filming the interior wall of a room through a small opening at the bottom of a window shade. You can't see much. You'll get this slit at the bottom, which lets in light and acts as a pinhole opening. And then if someone moves their arm in front of it, that narrow arm that blocks off some of that light from the slit actually serves the purpose of being a negative pinhole. This is the same as a pin-spec camera. Instead of letting in light from one small location, it blocks light from some small location. You can compare the intensity of light on the wall when the arm is and isn't there, revealing information about the scene. A set of light rays that strikes the wall in the first video frame is briefly blocked by the arm in the next frame. Freeman says we can subtract the data in the second image from that of the first. You can pull out what was blocked by the arm that covers that slit. That shows you a set of light rays that represents an image of part of the room. The thing with the pinhole camera is the bigger the opening, then the blurrier the image. And so ideally, you'd like a very, very small opening. You don't always get those, but if you allow yourself to look at things that block light as well as things that let in light, then you can sort of expand the repertoire of places where you can find these pinhole-like images. 
Along with the accidental camera work aimed at picking up on small intensity changes, Freeman and his colleagues also devised algorithms to detect and amplify subtle color changes. You might find such changes in a human face as blood pumps in and out, or in tiny motions like what's heard in this recording of Mary Had a Little Lamb. Researchers reconstructed the audio based on the tiny vibrations of an empty chip bag as it was viewed through a soundproof window. They can now easily spot motions as subtle as one hundredth of a pixel, which would normally be buried in noise. Their method is to mathematically transform images into configurations of sine waves. In the transformed space, the signal isn't dominated by noise. The sine waves represent averages over many pixels, so the noise is spread out among them. That lets the researchers detect shifts in the positions of sine waves from one frame of video to the next. They amplify the shifts and then transform the data back. They've now started to combine these various tricks for accessing hidden visual information. In research reported in 2017, Freeman's then-graduate student, Katie Bowman, led a research team that showed corners of buildings act as cameras. They create rough images of what's around the corner. Like pinholes and pin specks, edges and corners also restrict the passage of light rays. Bowman and her colleagues used conventional recording equipment and even iPhones to record in broad daylight. They filmed a building corner's penumbra, the shadowy area illuminated by light rays coming from the hidden region around the corner. If there's a person in a red shirt walking there, the shirt will project a tiny amount of red light into the penumbra. The red light will sweep across the penumbra as the person walks, invisible to the unaided eye, but super clear after processing. In work reported last summer, Freeman and his colleagues reconstructed the light field of a room. That's a picture of the intensity and direction of light rays throughout the room. They reconstructed it from the shadows cast by a leafy plant near the wall. The leaves act as pinspec cameras, each blocking out a different set of light rays. Contrasting each leaf's shadow with the rest reveals its missing set of rays, so it unlocks an image of part of the hidden scene. The researchers take into account how objects appear differently when they're viewed from different positions. They then can piece these images together. This light field approach yields much crisper images than earlier accidental camera work because prior knowledge of the world is built into the algorithms. They know the shape of the houseplant. They assume natural images tend to be smooth. Things like this allow researchers to make inferences about noisy signals, which helps sharpen the resulting image. Here's researcher Antonio Toralba. The corner camera works in a wide number of situations because corners are all over the place. The light field goes in a different direction. It really requires you to know a lot about the environment in order to be able to do the reconstruction. But then it gives you a lot of information. And for us, it was really a surprise to discover that this was actually possible, that we could get this information out. While Freeman, Toralba, and their protégés uncover images that have been there all along, elsewhere on the MIT campus, Ramesh Raskar takes an approach called active imaging. 
He uses expensive specialized camera laser systems to create high-resolution images of what's around corners. A half decade after he came up with the idea, Raskar and his team in 2012 pioneered a technique that involves shooting laser pulses at a wall. This causes a small fraction of the scattered light to bounce around a barrier. Moments after each pulse, they use a streak camera, which records individual photons at billions of frames per second. It detects the photons that bounce back from the wall. By measuring the times of flight of the returning photons, the researchers can tell how far the photons traveled. They can then reconstruct the detailed 3D geometry of hidden objects that the photons scattered off of behind the barrier. One complication is that you must capture an image of the wall line by line with the laser to form a 3D image. Raskar says, let's say there's a person hidden around the corner. Then light from the head, you know, particular point on the head and particular point on the shoulder and particular point on the knee might all arrive at the same exact time. But if I shine the laser at a slightly different spot, then the light from those three points will not arrive at the same exact time. You have to combine all the signals and solve what's known as the inverse problem to reconstruct the hidden 3D geometry. Raskar's original algorithm for solving the inverse problem was computationally demanding, and his apparatus cost a half million dollars. But a lot of progress has been made on simplifying the math and cutting costs. Last spring, a paper published in Nature set a new standard for efficient, cost-effective 3D imaging of an object around a corner. Researchers used a bunny figurine as the object. Matthew O'Toole, David Lindell, and Gordon Wettstein of Stanford University devised a powerful new algorithm for solving the inverse problem. And they used a relatively affordable SPAD camera. That's a semiconductor device with a lower frame rate than streak cameras that are used to measure light pulse intensity over time. Raskar supervised two of the study's authors earlier in their careers and read their March of 2018 paper. It's one of my favorite papers. It's very clever. And I think the way this field is going to progress is that people are making this really clever jumps in tricks. The basic fundamentals have been laid out now. Previous algorithms got bogged down by a procedural detail. Researchers usually opted to detect returning photons from a different spot on the wall than where the laser pointed, so their camera could avoid the laser's backscattered light. But by pointing their laser and camera at almost the same point, the Stanford researchers could make outgoing and incoming photons map out the same light cone. Whenever light scatters off a surface, it forms an expanding sphere of photons. This sphere traces out a cone as it extends through time. The physics of light cones was first developed by Albert Einstein's teacher, Hermann Minkowski, in the early 20th century. O'Toole translated the physics of light cones into a concise expression relating photon times of flight to the locations of scattering surfaces. He called this translation the light cone transform. Self-driving cars already have LIDAR, or light detection and ranging systems, for direct imaging. Those cars could someday also be equipped with SPADs for seeing around corners. Andreas Felton is the first author of Raskar's 2012 paper. Felton now runs an active imaging group at the University of Wisconsin-Madison. There's good reason to be very optimistic that actually in the near future, 
these sensors that were used in this paper will be available in a format that maybe fits the iPhone or at least fits something that could be handheld. For example, a self-driving car, that would be very doable, right? Having something that fits on a car, you have enough power to power the light source and stuff, and there's clearly a big incentive for a car to be able to see around the next corner. Felton says the task now is to go into more complex scenes and realistic scenarios. So we are now looking at scenes with a lot more complexity, like imaging down a corridor where you have a lot of light from the walls that bounces multiple times, right? So we're trying to go into more complex scenes, and the reason for that is that we really would like to demonstrate this in real scenarios. So rather than having to take great care of setting up the perfect scene with like a bunch of white objects and black space around them, we would like to have a camera that's more point and shoot. We would like to be able to roll it into a new environment, point it at the surface, push a button, and then it collects its data, and then we run our algorithm and get a reconstruction. Researchers in Bill Freeman's group have started integrating passive and active approaches. A study led by postdoctoral researcher Christos Thrampolidis used active imaging with a laser. He found the presence of a pin-spec camera of known shape around a corner can be used to reconstruct a hidden scene without requiring photon time-of-flight information. We should be able to do it with a regular CCD camera. So you need no time-of-flight information at all. Non-line-of-sight imaging could someday aid rescue teams, firefighters, and autonomous robots. Andreas Felton is collaborating with NASA's Jet Propulsion Laboratory on a project aimed at remote imaging the insides of caves on the moon. It's another situation where you can't just land something into the cave and look around. And we would like to be able to have something on a satellite that just looks at the cave from five kilometers up, or the opening, and can confirm us that it's actually a cave with an opening that a robot could move into if we landed it there. Ramesh Raskar and company have used their approach to read the first few pages of a closed book and to see a short distance through fog. Besides audio reconstruction, Bill Freeman's motion magnification algorithm might come in handy for health and safety devices or for detecting tiny astronomical motions. But with this ability to see around corners comes concerns about privacy and spying, which hasn't been lost on Freeman. So that's an issue I've, over my career, I've just thought about lots and lots and lots. <laughs> and I used to not want to work for anything that had any possible military application. But kind of over time, I realized that if you try to avoid anything which could ever have a military use, then you'll never do anything useful. It's a very rich spectrum of how things can be used. I mean, it could help someone avoid being killed by a, an attacker. And I think that's an important thing. I mean, in general, kind of knowing where things are is, I think, just a good overall good thing. What thrills Freeman, though, is not the technological possibilities, but simply to have found something hidden in plain view. He says the world is just full of things yet to be discovered. Michelle Yoon helped with this episode. I'm Susan Vallett. For more on this story, read Natalie Wolchover's full article, The New Science of Seeing Around Corners, on our website, quantamagazine.org. And did you know that this podcast isn't the only way to listen to Quanta Magazine? Quanta's books, Alice and Bob Meet the Wall of Fire and The Prime Number Conspiracy, are available to listen to now at audible.com. <laughs> <laughs>